going. It's the first quarter of the big game. You want to toss up a Hail Mary. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. If you're good at something, never do it for free. I'd like to be pimps from Oakland or cowboys from Arizona, but it's not Halloween. Look, my friend, this is just where you and I differ. Grow up, Peter Pan. Chocula. If my answers frighten you, Vincent, then you should cease asking scary questions. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there. Well, Northbank Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell at Burn on the Board. SB Futures down 150. Yes, $1.50. NASDAQ Futures up 10. We're hacking along here before the big uh, Fed announcement today, which is expected to be three quarters of a point. But then afterwards, we'll see how dovish or undovish they are. We've got a lot of stuff going on this week. We've got the, obviously, we've got the Fed meeting today. We've got uh, labor on Friday. We've got the election on Tuesday. I think, although I'm not positive, I will check, because I think CPI must be next week, too. Mm. So, uh, have you ex- explained to Mr. O'Neill that he shouldn't be asking questions if the answers are are, are uh, frightening him? I think so. I think so. I'm going to tell him that it's okay. Do we have Mr. Kevin? We do indeed. Kevin, how are you? The questions frighten me too. Yeah, the questions <laughs> frighten everybody too. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very easy to to stay behind the line if you don't ask the right questions. It's not about the answers. It's about the questions. Is my opinion, but it's just one man's opinion. That's just right. saying. Did you read that uh, thing that we passed around about the, uh, what exactly was that, Kevin? So it was a, the thing about the uh, Wuhan. Yeah. Uh, oh, I sent that. Actually, my, my uh, well, my nephew sent it to me like 10 minutes before you did. I wonder where he got it. Anyway, um, I got it from two sources, two sources. And, uh, I, well, I, and, and it's, it's pro-publica, so, uh, um, you know, it, it, it's, it, it definitely is not uh, right-wing garbage, but <laughs> but it, it's an interesting perspective, yeah. Well, it's uh, and, and what what Tom's talking about is uh, they they uh, they had a uh, a guy whose job was making sense out of uh, Chinese communiques um, for the I, for the State Department, for the CIA, or for you know for for one of the government agencies. I forget off the top of my head which one. Because if you just read their plain meaning, that's you know the plain words that tells you one thing. But uh, but if you study how they communicate in general on official uh, as official government uh, communications, there is a uh, it, it's like a, a whole language of its own. Um, and so they had this guy sort of uh, translate what was going on uh, uh, in the Wuhan lab leading up to. Um, the world becoming aware of the COVID outbreak. It was, uh, I, th- I thought... And, and they were scrambling like there was this big-time emergency. Yeah, and, but it, I, I was I was stunned by the, uh, what was the George Orwell doublespeak or something-speak? was the word he used for... Uh, Two-speak, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, but the, was, was this guy, uh, he, was, he, was, he was commissioned by a, by a Senate committee, right? It wasn't like it was something out of the blue. He, right. was, he was commissioned by a Senate committee to say, you know, what really happened over here. And, and somehow or another, the guy went through all these, you know, a lot, a lot of this stuff is public in, in China because they think nobody can understand what, what people are talking about, right? basically, right? Is that is that the South Side version? Well, it, yeah, that is, that is sort of the version of it, that all this stuff was available on websites, on servers, and so on. So 
tight, but you know the average person would not know what to make of it. Well, and I, I was reading that I'm not so sure I did until he interpreted it. I mean, it was it, they, they were pretty good at it. <laughs> but he it ended up uh, something. I, I like the part about when, when you scribble something in the in the margins, it means it comes right from the top. Did you read that part? Anyway, so so there, there's a if if a guy shows up, because the the bottom line was in in November, they could tell there was some kind of a problem in the Wuhan lab because a couple of guys weren't weren't normally on their schedule to visit, all of a sudden descended on the place like immediately big, big high party dudes right Kevin was that the story, yeah, and when they went in they if if you really know you're in trouble if you're in du- on double secret probation like in the movie. They they uh, will actually mention Z's name, and they'll, they'll put this piece of paper down in front of you that's got all the the uh, double speak in the in the in the wordage. But if there's something in the margin, like you know you're in deep doo doo, <laughs> because now that that's not supposed to be. Well, it's, it's also how they invoke his name. Yeah, you know, yeah. If they invoke his name in the specific versus if they invoke his name, uh, at, you know, like referring back to a speech he made or something like that. Um, you know that 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 tells you how direct the uh, commissioning of that visitor was. So the bottom line is that something bad happened in the lab in early November of 2019, which hmm. which is what a lot of people have been suspecting anyway. And it, it had nothing to do with the open air market or any of this other stuff. Is it kind of the summary, Kevin? Yeah, yeah, and I think I, I think most people understand that, and you know, but there's there's that also goes with the feeling that. Um, you know, there's really no way to prove it, and whether you consider this uh, proof or not, and I'll, I'll tweet it out for the listeners when we take a break, because uh, it, it's on my other computer, it's on my laptop, and uh, I'll have to... Uh, you guys have multiple computers. I'll have to drop the phone and go take care of it, but, um, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll tweet it out for the listeners, and you can read for yourselves. I, I, it was very interesting, though. It, it was just an interesting read. I was fascinated um, by so that. You, you take it for what you, you know, what you want to believe, what you, what you consider credible. Um, I, I think that's, you know, that's fine. If somebody doesn't think that's a, a, that it's a, a credible read, that's okay. Um, but it was, it, it's, it's, if nothing else, uh, it, it's, it's a short, uh, it's a short novel of intrigue that's kind of interesting to read. Well, it's, it reminded me a little bit, even if you don't believe any of it, right? If you still think it, you know, I'm, I'm, I. I'm not so sure that they're all that 100% sure, but if you don't believe anything, it, it read like kind of a, a clancy novel, that even if you don't think there was war between the U.S. and Russia, which there wasn't, it was all about the submarines and the airplanes, right? Mm-hmm. It was all about the explanation. I was fascinated by just reading the, the, the you know, the, the translated words, and then, well, this is what they really mean. <laughs> God, it was like, I don't know, you know, it was like, we're, we know, the funny part, uh, Kevin, well, an odd part is that for those that don't know, I would I would really recommend. I mean, I don't recommend a whole lot many books, but uh, one I would absolutely recommend if you can find it somewhere is, is a man called Intrepid, and it has to do with the a guy who ran the British Secret Service during World War II. And I, first of all, if if you do read it, you're going to get a, a nasty opinion of of a lot of what's going on these days, like I have, because the guy who ran British Secret Service was an absolutely brilliant man in about four different fields before he even got the job. And when and during the war, they claim he, with all the reports that dropped on his desk, instead of tweeting, instead of being out in front of the press, 
They said the dude ran, uh, read the equivalent of a Victorian novel every day in reports and, and could retain it, just about all of it. He was a master mathematician. He was one of the guys that invented TV. Wow. And, and he was a light heavyweight boxing championship champion. All, all in the same guy, you know. And uh, anyway, so you compare him to the, the people we have running in some of these real key Senate seats, and I just turn and go, God, is there any hope for us? I mean, Kevin, would you ever believe without winging left or right out there that the, that the Georgia and Pennsylvania races with those four people running are going to determine where we go as a country. <laughs> I, I, the thought of that is, is I, I don't, you know, it doesn't even matter to me, I guess, who, well, I guess it does matter, but I don't know in which way who wins. But how could we possibly be, be in this sort of predicament with those, with those four people? <laughs> Whatever. I, I mean, I, we're, not, we're not talking about the cream of the crop here. I don't. Well, not necessarily, but, um, but you always say people have a certain skill. Um, you know, it... it uh, uh, like him or not, and I, I can't say I've ever watched the man's television show, um, but uh, Dr. Oz, you know, he's he's been very successful. Um, yeah. It, you know, it, I mean, running the business part of being Dr. Oz, uh, he's been very su- successful. Um, nowhere near as successful as Judge Judy. I'm not so sure I put her in a Supreme Court. Well, no, I... Well, yeah, we're talking about the cent, uh but but is he? Are you sure it's not more successful than uh, Judge Judy? <laughs> uh, she was the highest-paid person on TV for about twenty years, making forty-five million bucks a year. I don't think there's any comparison. The difference is she stays in her lane. She does her thing. She doesn't try to. Well, she retired, didn't she? Oh yeah, she might have. She might have looked into that. Yeah, she she was making like like five times Leno and those people. It was, it was scary. Well, how many hours was she on a day? It was like three or something, or two. I mean, it was, she was on a long time. Sounds about right. I used to watch it at the uh, it was all, when you went at the health club. Uh, if you get on the bike, there were like four TVs. You either watch the uh, she was on one TV, and who was the guy who was the sports guy with his with his father on the? What was that? Pardon, not, what was the name of that show? The guy was on with his old man and his other guy. Hmm. It's actually pretty good. The old, the old man was funny. Uh, <laughs> oh, Pawn, is it Pawn Stars you're thinking of? No, it was, uh, it was a sports show. There's a, ah. a bunch of sports afternoon shows on around 4 or 5 o'clock, aren't there, Kevin? There's Pardon the Interruption, there's a couple others. Anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some of us had jobs that made us work past <laughs> well, I know. Well, some of us have jobs. Well, it's not like... But, uh, but the, other, you know, the other one is Walker. What's, uh, you know, a, a, again, you know, people kind of diminish him and say, well, he's a football player. Yeah, he was a football player. He's also started a business... Uh, it started and grew a business um, that uh, called uh, Renaissance Man Food Services that uh, you know grew and employed over 600 people. So uh, you know he, he started that from scratch. So you know it, it's not like we're talking about a blithering idiot here. Uh, well, we may be talking. You know whether you, let, let me rephrase that. It's not like we're talking about someone who's done nothing but carry a football. Oh, I, I would agree. I mean, it's. I mean, I'm just saying we're. You've you know, and, and, and I think a lot of the criticisms of Walker, frankly, um, are, are are the way he speaks, and you know, uh, of uh, he's he's what? How old is he? He's uh, 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 sixty years old. So if you back up sixty years old and say, you know, what what did uh, um, uh, black people in the South? What was the dialect in the uh, in the sixties and seventies? 
that's pretty much the way Herschel Walker talks. Oh, yeah, I think without a lot doubt. of criticism of the way he talks, frankly, is kind of racist as a result of that. You know, well, think it's, of it in that context. Well, I, uh, I talk a little bit south side, but I, I would try and put the kibosh on that if I was running for Senate. Mm. Just saying. Well, you might. You're going to go find, hire a lin- linguistics coach at age 60? Go ahead. Um, in his case, at age 60. Uh, um, if that were to take, that's <laughs> necessary. I mean, Margaret Thatcher had to do it. You know, yeah. she, her mm. her voice was so high pitched and shrill that uh, you know she had to hire a linguist to uh, to coach her to uh, uh, so that when she wanted to be prime minister, she was uh, you know uh, uh, more palatable as a candidate. Well, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, it's <laughs> right. I mean, uh, King George as well with his stutter. Yeah, a, a linguistic well, stutters. But on, on the other hand, are you, you know, you you also have a situation where you know how how many uh, how many Southern white people run uh, with with a, a little bit of dialect. Oh, you know, sure. You know, mm. Bill Clinton had some of it in him, uh, even though you know he was a uh, an Ivy League graduate and uh, and well, then went to uh, Cambridge and and all of that. So you know, I think his his got smoothed out at a very young age, but it was still there. Well, John Kennedy um, was all Boston. John Kennedy oh, yeah, talked yeah. like a like a Bostoner. Yeah. Um, so you know, we 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 don't hold it against anybody else, but we're going to hold dialect against Herschel Walker. It's a question. I, I don't think so. It's a question, I guess, uh, Kevin. Is what what direction are we heading from, and what what are we looking for in some of the in the top essentially one hundred people in the country? I mean, are, are are we talking about Dan Inouye? Are we talking about Adley Stevenson? Are we talking about even Edward Dirksen? Are we talking about those kinds of people? Even a, even a Mitt Romney who ran the Olympics and a bunch. Of, are, are, are we are we dumbing things down? I guess is the question. And, and the well, we, we might be. I, you know, here's here's what concerns me. Um, I'm not sure I want anybody in the Senate who's a lifelong politician, and yet most of the people in the Senate are lifelong. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I'm not. I'm not big on that either. So there's. There's, I, I have a little bit of conflict in there because we bring in all these people without experience uh, in in politics, and we don't like that either. No, no, I'm talking about we we had a we had a generation where virtually all these people, Bob Dole, I mean Dan Inouye, I mean uh, you put those guys in the room, even though one was Republican, one was a Democrat, I'm going to say they agreed on ninety percent of the things. They both were in the war, not necessarily together. They both were wounded. They both understood command. They both understood how things have to work. I think it's a it's a dramatic difference. I honestly do. Now, it's not a Democrat Republican thing to me. It's just what 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 amount of experience do we expect people to have when they have the when they when they when they have this job? I mean, I wouldn't put any one of those four people, the guy Walker's running against, the thought of putting those guys on the on the Senate Select Committee for Intelligence tomorrow. I wouldn't do that. When I'd put my my the girl downstairs new puppy on there first. To be honest with you. Yeah, you know, I know the the people you cite regularly, Tom. Most of them were uh, were in the war. They were in World War Two. Yeah, they have a, a perspective that uh, that you just don't see um, in uh, in most of today's uh, younger politicians. Mm. Well, the guy the guy who's running for rep in uh, uh, Orland Park or well, that district, Keith Peacock, who was on the show. Uh, whether you you know are into the, you know, there's a guy who was. A, a serious vet was decorated. Uh, has been a mayor. Has been in private business. But I would put him light years ahead of any one of the four people we just talked about. But yet he's, he's struggling to become a rep because hmm. he doesn't have a name. Yeah. You know. So I mean, well, it's yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't have a name. He doesn't have the right sponsors. He doesn't have. You know. I mean, the, the, yeah. There's a lot there. 
Again, let me flip it around. You take someone like Barack Obama. He connected with the right people at a very young age. I think the right um, people connected with him. Who, who saw to his political career. Yes, I think the right people connected with him. <laughs> I honestly do. Um, but anyway, I, I guess... The well, I think people can recognize talent and latch on to it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just saying, there, there are, is this comf- company ungovernable, country ungovernable? I mean, we had a thing going on with Nancy Pelosi's husband... We have, on the one hand, you've got, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how you, as you know, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm sure not a bullet revolutionary, Kevin, I'm a ballot box revolutionary, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't understand how people... Damn right, we have Carl to be the bullet revolutionary. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, we, we have a situation where if, if, if you and I are living next door to each other, and one way or the other, who's, ever, who's tougher or not, if somebody goes and steals from the other guy every day, at some point, if the dude's tougher, he's going to dot somebody's eye, or he's going to shoot him, or he's going to run him over. It, you, I'm not saying that that ever is the solution, but it is at some point. Uh, you can't just hide behind. I know the sheriff, so I get to steal all your stuff every day. And, and when, when people, when it becomes the white collar stuff, what, people, what happens in the movies? What happens to those people? Yeah, mm-hmm. somehow, somehow, actually, the comeuppance happens. Comeuppance happens, and in real life, it never seems to happen. And, and, and you see, I see it in uh, arbitration cases. I see it in legal cases. Anybody who thinks, I mean, there's reasons why, you know, a couple nights a week I, I, uh, I try and hang out with lawyers and judges and people. I hear all these stories. I hear what's going on. There's reasons why people in this country feel that, the, that nothing represents them because nothing does. I mean, I've been, in, I've been an expert witness in arbitration cases. I've been involved in a couple, unfortunately. The big guy never friggin' wins, Kevin. He never wins. Or the bigger guy always wins. The little guy never has a chance. Never. The, the only way he has a chance is to, is to get a $700 an hour lawyer, which he can't afford. Anybody who thinks... So really, you're kind of answering the, uh, you know, the original theme here of, you know, why do we... Is this the best we have? Um, because in many cases, uh, there, we have people who are willing to say... I'm 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 going to vote for not those guys. I'm going to vote for whoever is not those guys. Well, that's and if if it's somebody who hasn't been in politics, that, you know, a lot of people are putting a premium on that, and that's why you're seeing some of these people. Any anybody who does not kind of understand the Trump phenomenon, it is it is imperative, in in my opinion, it is imperative that you find the Michael Moore tape about Trump. Now nobody in the right thinks that Michael Moore, you know, is, you know, he should be he should be drowned or something. The fact is, the guy's borderline brilliant. Even if you don't disagree, with, I mean, I, I love what he does, but I mean, I, I'm not, I don't agree with him all the time. Mm. But he had a tape regarding Trump, and he said, "Here's why the guy's going to win," and he was absolutely spot on. He was talking about yeah, how basically he said it's going to be a big fu to the um, yeah, you know, to to both really both sides. And, and, and uh, Newt Gingrich, and, and systematically, that's what happened. It was a, yeah. it was a big little finger to the Republican Party during the primaries. Yep. Um, you know, I don't I don't know that he ever got fifty percent of any primary, but you didn't have to. Um, but his popularity was that there were a lot of people very uh, disenchanted with the Republicans, and then they turned around and gave the same middle finger to the Democrats. And, and the guy who agreed, even though he would never Hillary Clinton yeah. still hasn't figured out. She hasn't figured it out. I mean, and uh, I. I don't. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. she's the smart one, right? Yeah, she's the smart one. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't think that uh, Nancy Pelosi or McConnell uh, 
have any concept of the bitterness people hold toward either one of those people. And Nancy Pelosi thinks she's popular. I mean, what is the matter with her? What, what mirror is she looking? I just, but I, but you know who agree, it was an absolute agreement with uh, Michael Moore? It, was, anyway, it had to do with the person who used to work uh, and have a real job, worked all the time, his wife didn't have to work, all of a sudden he had a boat, had a house, wasn't the best house, wasn't the best boat, all of a sudden the boat's gone, house is gone, and he used to make 30 bucks an hour, now, now he's making 12 the wife ditched him, the guy's got one thing left, he had his vote left maybe one or two more times and he's going to use it, it's the only boat he's got left in the gun, and, and the interesting part about Michael Moore's thing on this is that Newt Gingrich absolutely agreed with him, without, without ever saying that he agreed with Mike Moore. He said the Trump phenomenon is a direct follow to the Obama phenomenon. We're going we're gonna to get a young senator who's not been in Washington more than a while. There's no way he had a chance to be co-opted. And sure enough, <laughs> yeah, that sure, well. well, that didn't work out so well. And then they said, from now on, we're, now we're going to go with somebody totally outside that just hates the place. He goes, one, is, one absolutely follows the other. And I'm sure no peop- nobody thinks that the Obama thing was a predecessor to Trump, but I absolutely agree. I think it was in terms of people's attitude. Now, right now, nobody feels like they are getting a fair shake from anybody. And, and these people are so ignorant. I, I mean, in term, they're not ignorant as individuals. I would never call anybody that because they all have a skill set. They're there, and I'm not. But here, here's the thing. How do you, Biden administration to provide over $13 billion in aid to help American families lower energy bills. Now, last week in Illinois, I didn't read the whole article. I, I, saw, an art, I saw a headline regarding Commonwealth Edison just got another $50 mi- million dollar raise. Kevin, are, are, are we, are we, what are we doing to ourselves? Are, are we, are we having a, a circle bleep on our, on our, what, we, we're going to let every, yes. we're going we're gonna to have every single one of these people pay off uh, the legislators, run these bills to the moon, and then the federal government's going to go back and send everybody a check for them? How, how stupid are we, uh, collectively? Well, let me see. That, that's that's one of those great questions where uh, if we were to go scale to one to ten, I'd go um, probably about a twelve. I mean, these people, this this Commonwealth Edison, this People's Gas, they need to they need to cut these rates in half. Go in the place, take it over, fire half of these people. They don't need them. The guys don't need to make that much on top. Whatever it is, it's it's a monopoly for a hundred and some years, and they win every year, every year. The the people who you put in office down there, they lean on them. They lean on them. They have the best looking girls at all the different. And all the different, uh, if, there's a, if there's a guy uh, having a, a party for a, a, a fundraiser for a rep or a senator, mm. they got 15 good-looking girls in there dressed in the nines, buying tickets, talking to guys, saying how much Carmel Edison needs to do. It's, it's unbelievable. And yet it goes on. These guys are not represented. Why, why do you think the, a regular person think he's represented at all? He's not. And it would be the, only, only the dumbest among us think these people actually care about us. Well, so here's here's what's going to happen next week. Um, there is going to be a, a big re- Republican wave. I, you know, I told you what I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be, you know, easily in the House they'll, they'll grab a, um, a, you know, a pretty significant majority, and in the Senate, I'm saying 53. Um, and I know I'm higher than most people on that, but I'm saying 53. And the Republicans are going to take that as a mandate. So. What I'm going to call it is voters are, are looking at the Democrats and saying, you suck. They are not looking at the Republicans and saying, you're great. 
right, and I'm not you're telling the Democrats that they suck. I'm going to bet, and the Republicans, and a lot of the Republican leaders are going to read that as some kind of a mandate, and it's not. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm going to say that's how they'll piss away the White House in two years. Well, they're going to the. I'm going to say, according to the one I read yesterday, and it was pretty in depth. There's, they're down to five races, and the Democrats have to win three of them, and they think that it's going to come down to the Georgia race. That that's the one that's really the toss. Anyway. Somewhere between 51 and 53. Do you think all those people who are going to vote for Kemp, you know, by, by like, you know, eight points or whatever he's, whatever he's leading at, do you think all of those people are going to go vote for Raphael Warnock? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm saying whatever. It's, say it's 50, 51 to 53, and, and now the, the Democrats just had a wave. Now the Republicans are going to get a wave. And two years from now, nothing's going to be better. The last thing we need is this constant wave back and forth where the big companies get bigger and bigger and bigger and steal more and more and more. And that's what we've got going. Inflation has done nothing but make everything that possibly happened with, with uh, monopoly power, oligopoly power, cartel power, it's made everything ten times worse. And anybody who doesn't see it, well, he's not looking or he's not listening to us. S&P futures up two, NASDAQ futures up 24. You're right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. 
You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. I did not know that. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Al at Burn on the Board. Just digging in here to see when the uh, consumer, when are we? We're looking for a consumer price index. I'm thinking it would be uh, uh, Core PCE is next week. Consumer, uh, I think it's got to be next week. The CPI number. Mm. Uh, anyway, the SP futures up 275, the NSA futures up 26. I mean, we're right before the, uh, the Fed. Now they're going to make their announcement at like. Uh, 1.15 our time, and then the, the guy comes out and does his uh, his, his uh, speech or his news conference, and God help you if you ask the wrong question, because then you're never getting invited back. We have a contributor to the show that did that once and never got invited back. But that's just, you know, just one of those things. Dow futures down 36. Uh, got individual stocks not moving hardly at all. I've got uh, Apple down a buck 14, trading on 149.51, but still ducked under 140 a while ago, and it's been above that. Had that big update uh, uh, and their earnings, and uh, it's been whittling down a little bit, but not bad. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX down 20 cents, so I guess we'll call that one flat. Puts you down 28.4%, CAC around down 11.2%. So, again, everybody's kind of in a holding pattern here before the Fed. We did have a, we did the show yesterday, we're up 40 points in the spoos, and then uh, as soon as the, uh, the n- number came out about the amount of jobs still available, the thing turned around 60 points. We actually got a big turnaround yesterday, I mean, not like we have had, but 60 points used to be a really big turnout, turnaround. A 10-year, 4.04 unchanged. The Bund unchanged, 2.13. Japan unchanged, 0.25. So we're, we're, we're waiting. Like I said, we're waiting. Nikkei down 15, call that flat. Shanghai up 34, 1.1%. And uh, Hang Seng making another run-up. 371, 2.4%. It was 14,400. Really low on, on like Monday or last Friday. Now it's 15,827. Uh, yesterday is a way of review. Dow finished down 79. S&P down 15. Nasdaq down 97. So two days in a row down, but not that much compared to Friday's huge rally. We've got oil down up 3 cents, 88.40. Brent up 5 cents, 94.70. The whole world is in a holding pin. Our natural gas up 20 cents, 5.92. Our Bob unchanged at 260. So our Bob is 260. So you have to ask yourself, why the hell are you paying 550 in the city of Chicago? It's mm. a it's a question that uh, maybe somebody ought to answer. Uh, gold up 8.30, 16.58. Silver up two cents, 19.69. Copper unchanged, 3.47. We've got Bitcoin down 2.60, but still in the mid 20,000s. It kind of wanders between mid 20,000 to mid 19,000, but doesn't seem to show any uh, signs of breaking down here. At least mm-hmm. it hasn't. Uh, U.S. dollar, um, very very slight. The euro dollar is 0.989 uh, to the dollar and the uh, the euro, not the euro dollar. 
Uh, British pound is 1.15, so below the 1.17 it was the other day, but way above the 1.04 it was a few weeks ago. Matt, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports, Phillies, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, good morning. It is currently 6.38 a.m. on Monday, November 2nd, 2022. Uh, traffic in Chicago looking fairly normal this morning on the Kennedy, Eisenhower, and Dan Ryan. Weather downtown Chicago, though, we are currently at 47 degrees. Today, expect a high of 72 and a low of 47. Sunrise at 7.23 this morning. Uh, clear skies throughout the day after that. In Phoenix, clear skies, high of 80, low of 56. Currently, temperatures at 60 degrees. And, of course, the Phillies in the MLB World Series 2022 was Astros vs. Phillies. Game 3 on Monday, the 31st, canceled due to inclement weather. Makeup game was last night. Phillies won 7 to nothing. Wow. Uh, tonight, Game 4 starts at 7.03 p.m. on Fox. Philadelphia leads 2-1. Yesterday, the NHL, Blackhawks lose to New York Islanders. Uh, Islanders, that, that is, uh, 3-1. Coyotes win 3-1 against Florida Panthers. Tonight, Flyers at Maple Leafs, 6 p.m. Uh, and Penguins at Sabres, 6.30 p.m. So for now, Chief, back to you. So, Kevin, should we, uh, given the fact the Phillies won last night, are we still going to have our plans to get our little box fan and go down to Houston and buy all those mattresses? We could get our gummies together and our hooch and smoke all the way down there like people do on the expressway <laughs> here and uh, and buy about six of them. And if the Astros win, the guy gives us all our money back? I guess. I, I like it. <laughs> I, I like it. And so, yeah, I, I'm up for it. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think they're going to win now. Or at least they've, it's a, we don't want to be all the way down there with... Twenty thousand dollars worth of mattresses and not get our money back. Then what? Mm. Well, I'm not going to write them off as uh, as not going to win. But um, but the, the and <coughs> I, first first of all, <laughs> these World Series games should be uh, should have been played a month ago. Uh, uh, that part's true. That, that you know it's ridiculous that they're playing baseball in November. Um, but uh, they're lucking but out. It's warm. The, they're lucking out. Well, it was here. It'd be, it's be seventy degrees tonight. There's a total yeah, lockout. No yeah. But do you remember when the uh, Phillies came to Chicago and played the Cubs in the middle of September? And they lost three in a row. They looked like they were they were dead. They lost mm-hmm. three in a row and lost the season series to the Cubs six to zero. Oh, and I thought they were dead. Yep. I thought they were dead well, in the water. And you man, thought they were, but they became the hot team at the right time, didn't they? Well, you thought they were dead, but you didn't realize that the Brewers were going to die even more. Mm. Yeah, the Brewers. Uh, yeah, they, I don't know that they died even more, um, but they they. They died. In, uh, the Brewers died enough to not overcome the uh, oper- or to not seize the moment. So should we, uh, the should we determine? They have lost more games down that stretch, but the uh, but they had they had enough of a lead that they uh, they never gave it up. Should we extrapolate like you do in math and say the Cubs should be in the World Series? I think so. I think by the tra- uh, transitory property of uh, baseball, we we'll call it. Is uh, yeah, are the Sox going to definitely pl- should be in, in the World Series? Is there such su- is there such thing as a minimum salary for a manager? Is that what the Sox are searching for with their new manager? I, I don't know. Uh, most teams when they hire when they hire managers, they uh, they hire uh, the opposite of the other guy. Hmm. Yeah, well, so that's so, <laughs> so you're getting not Tony Larusa for the manager. You're getting you know the the younger guy, the bench coach, the. You know the um, the guy who's going to be more into the analytics. You know all, all of those kinds of things. Um, you're and, getting the and that's what you're getting. I don't I don't have a comment on the hire because I don't know anything about the guy. I'm sure he's very very highly regarded. I know he's been a candidate for other jobs. So um, you know he, he may be great for all I know. It's the third iteration of uh, of Ozzy, Ricky Renteria, and now this guy speaks Spanish, deal with the Latin players, which is a good idea. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think that's a good idea, but I. Uh, just seems just seems kind of odd, Kevin. I don't, uh, 
the, the, the these organizations are not that well managed. It doesn't appear. But once you're in that club, I guess it doesn't matter. Make money no matter what. Just just that the way it is. Hey, uh, I was. We talked a little bit yesterday uh, with Hal. Uh, I don't, you know, economically, I don't. Uh, I see what, what is happening. You know, this was all. If it, I mean, it's not like anybody. Once you want to go back and listen to old shows, but I mean, I remember saying a whole bunch of times, and, and not just me. I mean, Russell and Hal and the, the guys who really know the economics. We're talking about as 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 we constantly got more concentrated in all these industries. The last thing you wanted to have is some kind of an inflation breakout because it would really point the fingers at just what a mess we're in. And I see it everywhere now. I don't, I, And I don't know, Kevin, if there's ever any coming back from this. And, and I don't know, I'm not even sure, you know, the young people, um, you know, we got one on the board, uh, young Matt, uh, even, even have a, have a rem- remember, I mean, I, the 60s and 70s, first of all, you didn't want to get sick because, God help you, if you had a heart problem or something, <laughs> you died, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, in, in just about every case, the world is better to not, now to be living in than it was back then. But when you look at some of the the, uh, the things ab- about being alive, where your family unit, one of, one of the breadwinners could make enough for the family unit to survive. Not, not, in, a, you know, not in a Gold Coast condo, but you had a house, maybe a bungalow, you had a car. One of the two, usually the wife, but not always, usually the wife was able to take care of the family, do other stuff, and you had this family unit. Uh, and I think it, it caused a lot less of the crime, a lot less of the educational problems, a lot less of the riddling problems in school, a lot of that stuff. I don't know if I can, if I can quantify it or whatever, but now we're, we've, we've ripped all that apart, Kevin. And, and everybody that you and I knew owned a car. <coughs> Regular people working regular jobs, could buy a new car. Now, the new car wasn't as nice as they are today, but they were a new car, and they, you know, ran for a while. Now, I, I, I'm looking at these car prices. Kevin, they're not going to come down after this COVID. Now that we have now that we have seemingly no chip problem, you still can't go buy a regular old pickup for twenty grand. That ain't happening. I mean, the, I mean is, is any of this ever going to come back to where things are like normal? I mean, you look at everybody walks by these higher end restaurants, and I, you know, I like to go out. I look at the, I look at my check out of some of these places after like a couple of glasses of wine and a burger, and I'm going, what if I had a family? I wouldn't be here. Fifty bucks or something for a couple of glasses of wine and a burger. I mean, what, what, what are we doing here? I mean, I, I don't see how this ever drops back to where r- regular schmo can actually enjoy the country like we used to be able to. And have a car, have a house. But I don't well, isn't that really the the uh, long term insidiousness of inflation? Uh, is is that it's uh, we, we'll all be really really happy when prices stop going up? Um, no, there's more to it, Kevin, because there was inflation in the '70s and '80s. Yet your mom and my mom could walk down with the money they saved, and they could drop it in a bank for savings and loan. And the, and the return on their risk-free money was more than the inflation, or at least equal to it. Now, the banks are such a are, are, are such a massive uh, control of the place that you're charging mortgages. I mean, savings and loans. We used to pay three, three and a half percent on a passbook, and the mortgages were six, six and a half. So there was a three-point spread there that paid for the people that worked in the savings and loan, it paid for the little league uniforms, it paid for the building paid for a few bad loans they might put out. It did all that stuff. 
Well, now that these rates are seven and a half, and you're getting butkus at the bank, the, the spread in this in this efficient world with these big banks, the spread is now seven to seven and a half. That's unconscionable. Where, where's the money going? What's the spread between the savings person or the or the checking account person? Since they're all the same now, there's no difference between M1 and M2. They're pay, getting paid maybe half a percent someplace. Your credit cards are 21, 22, 24. Where somehow or another, <clears throat> that's that's what I look at. That's when I look at gasoline prices now. I, don't, I mean, I don't look at the uh, whether we got a problem with the Arabs or blah blah blah. I look at all of a sudden. I just talked about our Bob is is two sixty, and I paid four twenty in the Burbs, and it's five fifty in the city. Something is wrong there. Something is absolutely wrong there, and I don't know, I don't know who it is. I don't know who's. I won't say it's just it's gouging. I don't know if it's the oil companies, but some level of competition has gotten to the point where it just isn't there. And now all of a sudden, everybody's taking advantage. You know, we've got Kimberly Clark makes all kinds of consumer goods. They come flat out and tell you, hey, we're raising our prices more than more than the stuff's coming to us. McDonald's. You think McDonald's goes up every day because they're having a problem with inflation? They're rejoicing because of inflation because they have the power. You, you, you honestly think that McDonald's has less pricing power than the poor schmuck who sells them the hamburgers? Does, any, does anybody think that? I mean, I mean, you know, you raise the price of the burger 50 cents and you sell 100 of them an hour and, and the poor guy uh, sla- slapping him, he goes from 10 bucks to 12. I'll take that, that, that deal any day, wouldn't you? Yeah, and, and ultimately, my point, Tom, is it, it's not that prices are going to come back in line. No. There, there are a few things where prices jump up and down. Gasoline does that, um, uh, is, is one example. But by and large, once prices go up, they stay there forever, and then we're going to rejoice and say, see, inflation's over. Yeah. <laughs> Inflation's over. It it it, it went up by zero point one percent last month, um, and and see, isn't that great? Um, or or you know, it was two percent on the year. Isn't that great? No, it's not. It's not because it's only going to be great if it goes back down, and it's not going back. Well, that's down. what the 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 Fed has a lot of issues coming forth today, and I I don't hear anybody else saying this. I don't doesn't mean it's right or not. It just means. Maybe you and I have a, a different view of the world, but I, I, I cannot emphasize more right now that the, the Fed, because of the way the numbers are gathered, the more I read about how, and learn about how the numbers are gathered, the more flawed I think the whole system is. I'll give you a, a real dumb but 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 uh, very good good example. If all of a sudden if the uh, you were in front of your house, all of a sudden the city said it couldn't have cost you thousand dollars to park your car in front of your house you sit there and go well that's that's swell okay so now it's a thousand bucks well it's not in the CPI so it doesn't get counted but now that it's and not in the CPI because nobody no uh, the rest of the country is not paying the right or, or, or maybe so it's new to everybody can't include it right or even if everybody has to pay it it wasn't in there for anybody before now it's in there so now it's three percent of your basket well guess what the city Keeps it at a thousand bucks for the next ten years. Well, now it's it detracts from the inflation number because it's not going up, but it already took the gouge out of your behind, right? It's so when you when you have like like, like healthcare, if it's six percent of the basket, and you don't you don't count it, and all of a sudden it like triples over a twenty year period, and you and it's only six percent. Well, now 
if you move it to 9% or 10, which they still haven't done, by the way, uh, and, then, and it stays flat for two years, it actually works against the number. So what they have now, they, they, have, they didn't count it right a year ago, Kevin. There were a couple of months that I'll bet if you and I went through and adjusted the numbers, there were a couple of months on an annual basis, I think inflation was 15 to 18%. The months they were saying it was like 1.2. Well, even at their count, it was that's 14, right? 1.2. So, I think then. So, what they have now is this price level problem. That there's no more real inflation. I don't think. I mean, in some restaurants, maybe there are, but by and large, gas prices have come down a little bit. Your home prices from the peak, they've come down a little bit, but they've never been counted on the way up. They were up. They were considered to be up six percent last year, and they're really up 20. So now. Now they're going to start getting counted, which is going to cause the Fed to go too far. They, I don't think they understand their own numbers, Kevin. I mean, I, right now the, the, there's a price level problem, and there's, a, and there's a big difference in policy, whether Powell realizes it or not, between fighting inflation and, price inf- and, and fighting a price level from the past. There's a huge difference. I've not heard anybody do, do we really now want to go into some deflationary siro, uh, spiral just to get back to where we were three years ago, I don't know. If, I think that's dangerous too. I think that, I think they're in a pickle, and I don't I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm glad it's not me because I don't know what I wouldn't know what to do here. Well, and, and a big part of the problem, Tom, I I believe, is that people in general are not good with data. No. Um, well, so neither uh, am I. Really, so you, you kind of have stuff thrown at you, um, and you either buy it or you scoff at it, but you. Uh, but most people aren't very good at taking the uh, data apart themselves. And you don't have to be expert to do it at a very cursory level because you don't need much more than a cursory level of, of analytical skills to start poking holes in some of this stuff. But you're not going to... So it's it's there, it, it's it's available, but people aren't very good at it. And you see, you take it, you push your meter to the other end, and... You know, you have you have Carl come on on, on Friday, and he's going to go over the uh, employment uh, report, and, and and you see that in a matter of five minutes, he's already, you know, uh, pulling some stuff out of there, and uh, and and uh, you know, being able to turn some of that data into genuine information for our listeners, uh, and uh, and and if you get if he had an hour, you know, if if we were on at ten o'clock. Uh, you'd, you'd have the full report because right. he's really good at it. How many people even understand what he's talking about half the time? I'm not even on the same. I'm on the same graphs he does. He uses all the uh, the not adjusted. I look at the other ones, and we're we're, we're, all, we're always fighting about what page we're at, as you as you no, no doubt recall. Yeah. But I mean, I, one of my my Fed dudes. We used to have adult beverages once in a while with the guys from the Fed. Of course, now none of them ever come to work. That's another problem I have with some of the <laughs> government employees. They still aren't back to work. Uh, anyway. But I said to the guy one night, and these numbers are all screwed up. This is a guy pretty high up in the Fed, and he goes, Tom, you don't get it. You're, you're part of this massive bureaucracy, even though you're supposed to be independent. He goes, you're going to take the government agencies' numbers from the other agencies, and you're not going to question them. The last thing you want in a Fed meeting is for somebody like you to blurt out all these CPI numbers we get, and they're all bleep. Or you're, and you're not going to see Jerome Powell come on national TV and say, well, here's the CPI numbers, but I don't believe any of them, and here's why. Because I think they're too late. I think they're this or that. They're skewed. It, he goes, that's not going to happen. You're going to use these numbers, even if, even if you're hard of hearts, you know they're wrong. You're going to use them. Then that's just that's bu- bureaucrat speak or something. Something the Chinese. Well, would it, it is. I, I, I also, um, you know, I, I know somebody who does 
you know, who is a statistician by trade, and you know, it it, it defends you so the uh, the numbers the way they are because it, once you're of the system, you know, that's what you're going. That's going to be your belief system. You're 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 going to absolutely believe that these numbers are correct and uh, and that they're telling you something. Uh, you know, I, I had the discussion. Why why would you, you know, why would I ever want the unadjusted numbers? And I said. I can do a trend. You know, I am perfectly capable of understanding uh, what the number was last year versus what the number is this year. I don't need, you know, the government to smooth it out for me and and tell me what, you know, you know what I really ought to think of it. Basically, um, what is, and, what is uh, but most people do need that. Most people don't understand that. And uh, you know, I don't mean to be condescending. I just don't think people are trained. I, you know, I have students all the time and. Uh, you know, I, I spend a lot of time on guys. You got to understand data, information, and knowledge, and what the difference is between all of those three. Um, and because data is not information, well, <laughs> it's you, definitely not. Until you organize it, until you put it in time series, until you you know understand variance, until you understand all of those kinds of things, it's just data, and it tells you hardly anything. And and, and so that and, and why that's important. You know, it, look in the business world. Anybody who is in operations and understands quality management really gets that. Oh yeah. But um, but but it's it's very few people. Well, I, one year, just going back a ways, I uh, one of the biggest adjustments in the labor numbers. <coughs> although Carl probably tell me I'm wrong on Friday because he knows more about this than moi. Uh, one of the biggest adjustments used to be the December numbers, maybe even the November numbers. And the January numbers, because back in those days, your boy Marshall Fields and your Carsons and those kinds of places mm. would, would hire what hundred thousand people for Christmas, right? And we'd work. I mean, Robin used to used to work at uh, Macy's or one of those places for a month on Saturdays, just so she get all the discounts and buy her, <laughs> her presents. And and uh, and actually, actually, she she loved it. She was in a nice aisle. She knew product. And then she talked to the best people and meet some friends, and she had a, she she loved it for a month. And uh, so there, at one point, Kevin, I I think I remember reading that if uh, if uh, if two hundred fifty thousand people didn't get hired or some massive number, two and a quarter, two hundred, that they actually they actually showed the labor numbers down for December. Now I I have no problem with that if everything stays a status quo, but I don't know that in a COVID area era or now that every you know a lot of the stuff's online. I mean, obviously, Amazon is hiring people and other people, but is it the same? I mean, is is it the same as the hands-on type of person across the counter? Should that adjustment is it still two fifty when it ought to be one and a quarter, or it ought to be four hundred? I mean, do they do stuff just because they always used to do it, or or how, how quickly does somebody say? I, I think they do stuff because they've always done it that way, and the feeling is that the numbers don't compare. I, I can't compare year to year. I can't compare this year to ten years ago. I can't do any of that if I change the uh, um, the mix. And the answer, to, as far as I'm concerned, is we have the technology to go back and restate everything in the same terms if we need to. So you can start doing things with, uh, you know, with advanced analytics. You can start doing things that will uh, give you the real information that you need and, and start learning things. But, you know, that's not what they want to do. They want to stick with the same mix, the same algorithms, and uh, and changes to any of that come very very grudgingly. Um, it, it's just the way it is. Too bad. Um, and uh, and and I think it it in in an attempt to 
keep things constant, I think they actually skew it more. Well, and I also think it makes a huge difference to where we are as, as, a, as a country, Kevin. I, I was digging through doing some work, and uh, I can't find it here. Oh, here it is. Um, I was looking to see. I didn't know. I was, I was talking uh, to somebody about <clears throat> how much the, the um, advertisement went down in, for, for uh, pro football when uh, Viagra and the rest of those things uh, were taken off, uh, they became generic. And it would cost the NFL like $50 million the next year. Same thing with CNBC. Yeah, although now the places that sell generics are on advertising instead. So right, but I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's the same. So I thought Merck was one of the companies, and they're not. But Merck has a, a product now. <clears throat> it's K-Truda. Evidently, it's a cancer treatment for melanoma and stuff. Hmm. Yep. Kevin, the thing is 10000 come up with the names for these things? The thing is 10000 bucks every two weeks. And, you know, we have this... This, this gorilla in the room that Carl's talked about forever, still, if you look at the CPI, it's got your hospital stuff at like 7%, up from like 5 Kevin, it's 20% of, the, of, the, of the, what we spend here. If, if we don't knock that down somehow, I mean, I don't know what patent these guys got on this stuff, but someplace, somewhere, you got to say to Merck, okay, if, if somebody's got to go swimming with the piranhas and pull out their, you know, their sperm or something, and put it in here and actually cost you that much, that's one thing. But if it costs you 50 bucks, just because you got a patent, you're not charging 10000 It ain't happening. You give me all the BS well, you and, want about it. Uh, again, the, the, uh, you know, why, why does that happen is because in the inflation numbers, they're measuring, measuring the cost of insurance. Right. Well, rather, than, rather than the, uh, uh, the $10,000. Well, they got insurance is like 3%. Insurance is like 3%. Well, so, so it, and insurance is just spreading that cost over a, n- a number of people, so we aren't we don't see it. It gets hidden in uh, in the data and smoothed out in the data. And well, but it, uh, it, and, my, and, and so you know, so so it doesn't show up. Well, but the, it, it shows up now that all of a sudden we got a war in Europe. We got the Iranians starting to send stuff to these people. We, this thing is growing. But in case anybody doesn't see it, it's growing. Well, what does Lou say? We've blown through half of our, our rocket supply. Well, we can't, we can't be buying rockets, not that we really want to buy rockets, if we're paying 10000 bucks for everybody every two weeks on something that should be 1000 Can't do both. You can't, you can't flood money at, at Pfizer, Merck, Johnson & Johnson, who's bought another company yesterday. You can't flood these people 20% of the money in the country at the same time try and, try and do defense. I mean, how can you? we got a dash, Kevin. SP Futures up 5, Nasdaq Futures up 23. Be right back, Mr. Russell Rhodes. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? 
Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new sh- so uh, you know, that's what you uh, that's what you pay me for. The Eastern world, it is exploding, violence flaring, bullets loading. Lord work by Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom We're on the board digging up a a little sign. That's got to be from the. Vietnam era, S&P oh, futures up five, S&P futures up twenty five. Do we have uh, the professor fresh out of Indiana, where he's nice and safe in Mid America? <laughs> we do indeed. Well, I'm, I'm in suburban Chicago, where I'm pseudo safe. You're ha- in happy suburbia. Yeah, I'm happy suburbia this week. That's yeah. my. Uh, that's what the my uh, went to Marist High School. It was the Marist Brothers, and they were all from New York. Mm. And the uh, New York and New Yorkers are all. They always had a. Sort of a disdainful view of happy suburbia if you grew up in New York City. Just saying. Yeah, but you grew up in the city or you were worthless. I don't know about that. You were just in happy suburbia with all the connotations yeah. that, that brought. Mm. You were happy. Yeah. You were happy. You went out there because you were. Yeah, I, I, I would say suburbia is more of a content thing than a happy thing. Um, you were happy and they were from New York. Yeah. <laughs> I was, well, we were. Maris was sort of suburbia. Actually, it was in Chicago, but it was at the very, very far end, so. If you walked out the door and turned right, you're in suburbia. If you turn left, you're in Chicago. So, <laughs> I guess you were you're halfway. <laughs> yeah, well, it actually was a carve out of a cemetery in a, a picnic ground. It, it, it was part of the cemetery was a, an annex to Chicago, even though it was the other side of Pulaski and everything else was Oakland or also. So, kind of an odd way. Well, that, was get, that was to get voters. Yeah, you got to get some voters out of the cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm, just, I'm just wandering through the uh, headlines this morning, and I don't know why I do this to myself, uh, Russell. Uh, oh, my God. Do you watch the local news at all? Uh, do any what? A local? Uh, well, just the news. I go to head- I, 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 Once a week or so, I happen to be in the room, and it's on. It's just depressing fact. Well, the other night, it's we we shot know. 14 people, and it's not even national news. And we had a... Oh, yeah, I know. I, I, that's the first thing out of my mouth when I saw that. Uh, well, nobody died. It's, it's, 
you know, what, what is it when 14 people are shot in Chicago? It's a Monday night. Well, nobody got nobody got killed, so it's okay. Oh, we patched okay. everybody all together. So these guys are having. Good word. Was the shooter a stormtrooper? <laughs> I, I, well, these guys were having a memorial service for something. I know. Uh, the guy comes by and they open open fire. Now, I don't think that that was. Uh, well, if you if you hit fourteen people, I'm not gonna. What, what do you suppose the the hit versus miss count was? I mean, if they're if they're good, they shot thirty bullets. Yeah. So what what kind of weapons would two people need? To shoot thirty bullets that fast, you're not doing this with a, a Colt Colt forty fives or even or even an automatic handgun. I don't think something you know, something that someone modified in their basement. Yeah. Mm. You know, I took my or, uh, or a lot of or a bunch of bunch of different guns. When I took my concealed yeah. carry class, which I you know, remember most of it, I guess uh, when you if you have an automatic handgun, which I don't really want, I like, if I ever get one, it'll probably be a, which I don't have, I'd probably get the revolver because I'm old school, but yeah. anyway, there's the the machine, the, the bullet thing, you shove in the handle of the, uh, of, yeah. of the uh, automatic. Um, some of them are six, some of them are eight. You can actually get one that's like 16, but they are illegal in Cook County in Chicago. Now, I'm going to ask you: Do you think anybody here <laughs> has ever been arrested for having one of those? And anybody even knows uh, or cares that it's illegal? Unless I don't know if anybody's been arrested for having one. I want. Yeah, hey, when was the last time they did one of those gun amnesty things where you could turn your gun in and they, well, they do it on they, candy or they do it on the South Side all the time. Well, I mean not all the time, but that's where you. I think that's where you can get an idea of what's out there. Well, you're going to get guns. Well, at least work. the best idea of what's out there because. Legally, there should be no handguns in the city of Chicago. Um, I think you could have them. I know, I know that's an extreme statement, but, but they're, they're supposedly pretty restrictive handgun laws. If you, yeah, if you were, limits, a, if I if I were to go get one for concealed carry, which I don't have, as I keep saying, uh, mm-hmm. I took the class. I've yet to get my fingerprints in and send it in because I still still kind of hoping the world gets better, and I don't think I need something like this, but. Somehow it's not yeah. it's not going there. Uh, anyway, but I I think for uh, for me to go out and get one legally and register with the city that I have a concealed carry, I think it's another permit. I'm not I'm not sure about that, um, or maybe not. I because I have a Foyd card, but I don't think I mm-hmm. I'm not so sure that it covers handguns in the city. It didn't used to. You're right about that. I should know this. I just took yeah. the class, but you know it's not something you it's on the tip of your tongue. Well, I, I, the, the way I and, and I know that. You know, ban and it, you know, saying something is completely banned might might be you know the automatics illegal, but the 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 cool looking old western six shooter like you want may not be. Well, those those are so, legal. I mean, those are legal. Oh, also, I, I, since we're talking about guns, I'll tell you if I. So, you, you ever watch the show uh, Antique Roadshow? Uh, maybe once. Okay. So we were, we were at the Antique Roadshow uh, in Chicago, God, like 15, 20 years ago. Mm. And the guy in front of us owned Gino and Giorgetti. And they had just done some renovating. And in, a, in like an empty space above the bar, they found, you know, like a, a sawed-off shotgun that had probably been sitting up there for 80 years. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was their. Uh, you know, it's probably been there since Prohibition time. <laughs> oh 
Unbelievable. Hey, did you? He was going to get that. I don't, I don't, it didn't show up on the show, and I don't know what it got appraised at because people with guns had to go off in a different direction uh, after, after you were in the line. But I always thought that was kind of funny that they had found a. He said, I believe he did say it was. They felt like it was something that was up there since the Prohibition era. Well, probably. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. was it. I wonder if, don't you think people would claim their bar a little bit more often than that? Uh, something gets buried behind those places. I don't think you want to. Yeah. They might have a, yeah. What if they had a ghost in there? They don't want to disturb the place. Yeah. Exactly. So, hey, just when you think you've heard it all, and this, this, you know, this this crazy Twitter thing. By the way, I should know this, except I don't think we had anybody who had any Twitter stack left. Did Did everybody get their fifty four? Oh, did. Did everybody get? Did you get your fifty four bucks the other day? Yeah. Okay, so you got paid. Well, now yeah. get yeah, a load. Get a load did. of this. We actually uh, we had it in the kids' college accounts. Good. Good for you. Uh, Thank you, Eli. The, the um, Washington Post here says, U.S. officials are exploring whether they have legal authority to review foreign investments in Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter. Large foreign investors would have access to the company's confidential information under the terms of the deal. Hmm. So Musk essentially sold these people as investors, sold them access to people's confidential information. Hmm. Is this guy's biggest sleaze? Well, I mean, I guess you know if you if if you own something, uh, well, they they wouldn't own it anymore because they were given cash. I'm talking about the people who gave him you the cash. The people that, that are are part of the private group that yeah. they just help him take it private. Yeah, yeah, that would make that you know what that would totally make sense because they you know it's the company they own. Yeah, but if if I if I become a, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it would make sense. If I if you decide to take. CVS private, and I and I hand you a billion bucks. Assuming I have a billion bucks, does that get me access to everybody's medical rec- records? Not as a public company, but as a private company, yeah. Oh, so if if CVS was private, all the schmoes that are investors in CVS get to look at people's medical records? I don't think so. If 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 that's a stipulation of ownership, probably, but not medical. You know, medical record, again, I'm, I know I'm splitting hairs on this one, but there are pretty specific laws with respect to people's um, medical records. Now, you know, maybe you know, getting some general information as to, you know, people, uh, how often Joe Schmo down the streets buying beer there and stuff like that. If you really wanted to, I'm sure you could probably parse that crap out because, you know, we all, we all give them our phone number for a point so they can track us. So you're saying you got to be a schmo that, to buy beer? That, no, I'm just saying no, that, you know, the schmo that walks down to the CVS gets the six-pack every night. Well, I, ref- I not that I ever really need any, but uh, I would never go to the local Seven uh-huh. Eleven and buy a six-pack because they want they want they want to take your driver's license number. I, why would I give them my driver's license number hmm. to put in their computer? If they want to, if they think yeah. I, if they think I'm under 21 and they want to card me if they're that dumb. I guess I'll roll with that, but they're not—they're not putting the number in the computer. Mm-hmm. I mean, really? But they're scanning. But they're scanning you. Now, yeah. I—you know—I don't—I don't, I honestly—I I don't know who the the people that invested with him privately were. You would think that a buyout of this nature would have would have needed some sort of approvals. Or yeah, I mean, if they're. If we're talking about shutting TikTok down because the Chinese have access to everything going on on TikTok, oh yeah, uh, you you would think that 
somebody would have the uh, foresight enough to make sure there aren't any bad actors that are, are teamed up with Elon Musk and owning Twitter. So you don't you don't think that uh, <laughs> one of our sleazeball representatives or senators that is oh no, I think they could care less. Well, you don't think that okay. one who has a big a big stake in Facebook and is down like sixty or eighty percent this year. You don't think you don't think one of them is trying to get TikTok closed? Oh, I'm sure they're just. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they're the the Facebook people and the Twitter people and and anybody else that would benefit from uh, you know, losing a competitor. What uh, just out of curiosity? Heck yeah! You're 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 a tweet kind of guy, right? I don't. We don't. Yeah, I, I not as much as I used to be, but I'm I'm on there. Pretty good bad. I, I'm I'm reading a lot more than I than I'm posting. I used to post a lot. Well, I don't. Uh, yes, I'm I'm very. Um, in, I'm heavily on Twitter of all the social medias. That's the one I probably spend the most time on. Well, the uh, for me to be on there, being a registered guy, so, somehow, I mean, one of these days, I'm I'm, I'm just going to have a huge rant about regulation. And, and if you're in a regulated industry, how these people think they own you, I just what what industry is not regulated? Um, where somebody has to keep track of all my tweets. You, I mean, the, your University of Indiana does. Oh yeah, track no, of we're, we're, yeah, nobody has to keep up with mine. But you you've got to have a being a registered representative. You've got to have something that captures everything you tweet, right? Well, but the, the, the like, weird part is... Much like, uh, you know, much like on the floor we used to have, uh, you know, the phones were constantly being recorded. Uh, some were, some weren't. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, some some were not. Some of the bigger firms, they never were. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, the, but I guess my question to you then is, since you just uh, mm-hmm. identified, what, what, actual, what exactly confidential information does Twitter have about you? You don't know. What do they have? Um, what would Twitter know about me? I mean, I guess they they would know. There's a lot of information on Twitter that's totally public. Like you can you can run like a little software thing that shows who your closest connections are and all that kind of stuff on Twitter. Uh, who do you directly interact? Who you know? Who do you directly interact with the most, etc. So you can use that. I mean, I guess you could use that to to trace back. Um, you know, who's hanging out with who? But as far as inside information, I mean, if they, if they were able to get the private messages that I send on there, but I don't send anything private that I will. I, I don't type anything into Twitter, private or public, that I would care less if, if somebody posted publicly. Well, that's because you're you're disciplined and you're not you're not doing this at all. Well, level. and I'm also, you know, yeah. I mean. You got stuff. You got. You got. I've written a handful of. Bu- well, I've written a handful of books and a bunch of other yeah. stuff. So there. And it, I actually. Um, Plus, you talked about this. Somebody, is, somebody for about a week was imitating me on Twitter, and reaching out and trying to get people to pay them to teach them how to trade decks. <laughs> um, did they have a? They said they. They changed the S in my last name to a Z, and then everything else looked just like me. And it, it took about four or five days. Wait a minute! Did they? Did they have now. the? Legitimate cardigan collection in the pipe. They, you know, what's really weird is I changed my picture and automatically the replicant changed their picture. Well, I saw you last week in a sport coat instead of a sweater. I know. I, I had to go talk to people. Did you have to? Did you rent that, or was, did you have to bring it back? Or? Did I rent that? No, no, no. That's just that's the same one I wore to prom. <laughs> well, if, if you could still wear the same one that you wore to prom, my hats off to you. Man, I wish. <laughs> 
Um, Let's just say I have a couple I, of tuxedos I, that I can't I, I fit into. I was addressing you, and I even invited you along, but you, didn't, you would have enjoyed the conversation, too. They were fun. Well, if you gave me a heads up where I would have got out of my, my COVID clothes. Uh, the, mm-hmm. uh, hey, uh, we, all kinds of stuff's going down. We got the... The market has turned lower here today as, as soon as the ADP report came out because it was a little more bullish than... Why Why? Why does the world... Whenever the world is in a situation where bad news is good news, I, I learned this from when I first started in the 80s. Whenever we're in a world where bad news is good news, I just think the world is topsy-turvy. I just, I, just, I just don't think that's ever healthy. And we've been in it now for how long? We were in it in the 80s for how long? I mean, it, so now if anything good happens... It's gonna be. It's gonna reflect on the Fed, and it's gonna turn out being bad. And what do you what do you make of this whole this whole mess? I don't. I well, I, I think what the, what the what the market wants, and when you say the good news, bad news, etc., what the marketplace would really like, and what they're they're thinking, they're hoping to hear it's today, is that the Fed is ready to uh, stop raising rates so aggressively, or Maybe even you know stop raising rates altogether, which I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be that extreme. So if you get a piece of news that makes it look like the economy is slowing even faster than the Fed thinks it is, um, that can be, that, that we've reached that point where that's kind of good news because in uh, you know that means the Fed will pivot around to starting to help the markets again. Well, and I, I think, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we got a new free foot, I guess. But the um, a lot of the numbers, and actually, that's what you're talking about right now is why I think the stock market's been holding up the way that it's held up. You know, we haven't been making new lows, and it's because um, if we get too good of news, well, you know, everybody was already expecting bad news, so that that doesn't really hurt the market, the stock market too much. But the stock market's kind of bottomed out here with this impression that. Uh, the Fed's the, the Fed's closer to the end of raising rates than the beginning for sure, but it may it may end more quickly than than the numbers are telling us right now. Well, I, I think I mean, me being much more conspiratorial than you, I think it's mm-hmm. it's narrowed down to the part where the the firms that have the pricing power. That's why you're seeing it shift from the Googles and the Metas of the world into your your WalMarts and your Costco and those kind of places because whatever the prices are, they just they could keep ahead of them, what appears. I mean, your lows, mm-hmm. your, your lows in your Home Depot, I think they're gouging the hell out of people. And where, where, where is the strength been? It's been in medicine, where people spend whatever they want because they think it's insured, and it's in oil. Those have been, and in a few other places, that, that, that has been your, your strength in the market. Everything else, the fangs are down $3 trillion in value this year, if you fangs try, <laughs> yeah. plus Microsoft. So, plus you don't want anybody... I mean, the Republicans, if you look at the, the, you know, the people that are running, especially Illinois, the, the Democrats are running on, it's the abortion issue, it's their, they're fighting to control prescription costs, which they're doing a horse bleep job on, as does everybody else, because they're all mm-hmm. paid by these guys. There's two other things, uh, oh, the jobs, 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 and, uh, and something about, you know, Republicans are running on uh, taxes, which they always do, and yet they raise them anyway, and we've got, uh, and it's about the stock market, how much you've lost in your IRA since Biden's been in office, so so mm-hmm. so the people in office will do whatever they can to keep it up till next Tuesday, even though half the people seem to have already voted, which is even more bizarre. But uh, I mean, to me, it's 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 really kind of a, a mess. And I don't, Kevin was just talking about we're gonna Republicans are probably gonna take House and Senate, 
And of course, they're not going to do anything. So two years from now, the Democrats will win again as people keep changing one to the other, but they're all the same. And, and really, they're all the same. The same companies run each one of these people, in my opinion. So I don't. So I don't. Yeah. Know, so I don't know. Where, I don't know where you get anywhere. I mean, we're either going to have. We're either going to get a third party. One of my, you know, um, you remember Mark Duffy? He was a he was vice chairman of the. Yeah. Well, we're going out to dinner with uh, Mark on Saturday night, and he's always a riot. And uh, he goes, hey, "Geez, I just went and voted." <laughs> he goes, "Everybody's unopposed." What? I said, "Mark, you you got to trot your behind down to my. If I could sneak you into my voting place with me, in the, in the city, everybody's unopposed." <laughs> <laughs> well, you, know, you sit there and go, what am, I, "What am I even doing here? Where's the bar?" I mean, it's like you know, there ought to be a, there ought to be a bar in this place. And you sit there. There's a bazillion judges. No, you don't know any of those people. Everybody else is either unopposed or, or or whatever. And then you got like water reclamation district where you don't know who the hell these people are. I mean, anybody who thinks this this voting thing, you're, you're actually. I mean, I, I would always recommend everybody go vote, but to think you're actually doing something. I mean, really? <laughs> I mean. I, I guess collectively you are, but in Illinois it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't had a vote for a president in how long? We haven't. Had, I mean, the senator is anybody even running against Duckworth? I guess they are. What's the guy going to get? Ten percent? Um, you know? Yeah, they got, yeah. He's polling at about thirty percent or so. And uh, you know, we don't have anybody. Uh, well, the, the governor thing. I mean, I mean, Pritzker now now he's, now he's using uh, money out of his one of his uh, f- uh, funds to to, fu- to fund all these. Uh, Judge races above what he's supposed to be able to spend on his own. Is this guy? I mean, he's going to win. He probably has some good things about him. Is he the biggest sleazebag? I mean, how can you vote for? I, I, I can't. By the way, I'm writing you in for governor. I can't vote for either. Oh, one thank of you. I can't. I can't vote for either one of these guys. Maybe you or or, or, or Matt Burns, somebody. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, write, you know, a vote for me is a wasted vote because I'm 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 a citizen of Indiana now. Uh. Oh, all right. So I, I got to do. A, I'll write your wife in. She's still here, right? Uh, yeah, she'd be a good governor. Yeah, could be any worse. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, the, the way she handles the house, she'd be good. Yeah, the way she handles you, she'd be good. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Although I think it, I think if it were up to her, we'd also be locked down for COVID. But uh, well, yeah, well, that's not. Yeah, I don't know, that's anyway. But but, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I think the Fed is is between a rack and a hard place. I don't know what. No, I, I would not. I, I've said for several weeks now, I would not want to be those guys. And yeah, the, the expectation is they're going to, you know, of course we're going to get 75 basis points today, and then we're going to get, I think we're going to get 75 more in December. And then there's this, the way the, the, way the markets are looking is in January, the first two meetings uh, will taper off and, and top out at about, I think, 5%. Well, is, I, I, what the thinking is right now. But if we get really weak numbers uh, as far as economic growth goes, uh, we may not top out at five percent. Well, um, we not we may not get that high, and I think that's that's right there is probably the best explanation of we're in a uh, bad news is good news situation. Well, the um, seventy five puts us to what four and a quarter. The second seventy five. No, today. Today, uh, no. I thought I take it. I thought it took us to uh, four to four and a quarter. Yeah. So I said four and a quarter. Yeah, yeah. So then, so what I've been reading again, you can read wherever you want. But and I, and I heard uh, fifty in, in December, twenty-five in January, which gets us to the five. Mm-hmm. And you're, you, you've heard seventy-five next. It's not time. a, it's not a herd. Um, and what I'm trying to do right now is I'm trying to pull some. CME Group has a thing that tells you what the derivative markets are, are expecting, 
And the derivative markets expect us to be at 375 to 4 today. Yeah. After today. And then well, no, in they December right now, it's it's 450 to 475. But there's only it's a 50, 51.5% chance that we hit 450 to 475, which would be another 75 basis point hike. Well, no, I, uh, I, I think today. So just a little bit more than. I think today puts us at four and a quarter if they do seventy-five. No, today would take us to three seventy-five to four. Uh, we've had. I promise you, I'm looking right at it. Okay. We're because uh, right right now we're at three to three and a quarter. We've had three seventy-fivers in a row. Right. We're at three to three. See, they, they the, the way they actually say it is we're going to have a target range of of something, and the target range is right now is three to three seventy-five. I'm sorry, three to three twenty-five, three to three and a quarter percent is what they're targeting. All right, and that number is going to move up to three and three quarters to four percent. Okay, so we're we're at four, and and uh, and I well again, what I have been. You know what's really funny is I always focus on the low end number just to keep it straight, and you and you're you're citing the higher end number. Well, for a while it was zero to zero to a quarter. And I, I always thought it was a quarter. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, here... Uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of saying the same thing. You're just talking about the up at higher end of the range, and I'm saying the lower. Right, so, it, so as, a, far as, cha- as far as changes go, the market is pricing in 75 basis points today. I think yes. we're all on board with that. And then it's pricing in a 50% chance, basically a 50% chance that they're going to raise by a half a percent in December. Okay. Or in a fifty percent chance that they'll raise by another seventy-five basis points. That um, that that's like an uncertainty. And then the first meeting in um, in twenty twenty-three. I can't believe I just said that. Yeah. The first year in the first one in, first decision in the year of Michael Jordan. Yeah. And the twenty twenty-three is the year of Michael Jordan. Um, has us up at about. It has us at uh, four seventy-five to five. Yeah, so that's what I would. I yeah, was, that's another twenty-five or fifty, depending on what they do in December. That, and then we we're pretty much. Uh, I think that's kind of where they're topping out is around five-ish or so, five five and a quarter or so. Well, other than but, other than uh, from the academia side, as people mm-hmm. as people on TV are, are you know wailing and gnashing their teeth about these rates going up. Does anybody think that dropping them down to a half a percent or zero did anybody any good? All, all it did to me was no, screw things up. Not particularly. Well, then why? The only, the, the only thing that I can see that, that I've heard from as far as consumer behavior goes is, you know, I'm not going to move houses now because the payments are going to be so much higher. Really, it, it's the housing market more than anything else that it seems to be impacting. Why do you, why do you suppose? Again, we've been. We'll talk about this more after the break. But I've been on this theme that we're now we're now revealing all the spots in the economy where there's been too many con- too much concentration. There's too much pricing power. There's starting to be like red lights, in, in, in you know in the distance. We know just the industries that are like that. It's it's now mm-hmm. it's healthcare, it's banks. Why are we have Why do we have a spread of seven and a half for mortgages and, and one for for savings? We've never had a six and a half point spread there. I mean, is it the banks? Mm-hmm. Don't, I mean, it, that's unconscionable. And yet, there it is. Why do Why do we have a spread between 
260 in our bob and 520 when you fill up in the city or 550. We've never had a three dollar spread there. Is it? Is well, it how, much of, how much of it is taxes? Uh, not not any more than it always has been. A little bit maybe, mm-hmm. but not not the I whole mean, amount. No, I mean it's still yeah. It's just you say like three dollars, and I'm like yeah. Um, well, but a, the, a big portion of it is. And I, then I heard you. I heard you earlier say that it was a certain number. Um, it was it was a certain number in the city and a certain number out in the suburbs. Well, in this in the burbs, it's like four yeah. four fifteen. So that's a mm-hmm. buck, a buck fifty five, which is a our our bob to the to the to the pump in the burbs. The city's always been a little more. Has been eighty mm-hmm. ninety a buck. Now it's now it's a buck sixty, and the city's mm-hmm. two fifty. I'm saying that is incredibly higher than historically. And I, if I was in charge, I'd want to know. I'm not sure. I, I want to go after people. I'm not going to, you know, have an, an excess profits tax. Or I just want to know why isn't this working? <laughs> you know, I, I want to know why this, is the federal government is going to give people money to pay their utility bills. The Illinois just approved fifty million for. Commonwealth Edison, another $50 million like they needed. I mean, I, th- these are questions that if we weren't all fighting with each other, we might actually want to know, because we know yeah, what, what, the same. Yeah, and they, I, do, you think they, do you think they like us fighting with each other? Yeah, oh, absolutely. They love it. SP Futures down 6, NASDAQ Futures down 8. Be right back. We're, getting, uh, we're not getting close to the number. That's later, but uh, we're, we're, we're revving up to it. Be right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. 
I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, North Bay Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Matt Burn on the board. SP Futures. We're flapping around here. We were up, and then we, we went down some when the uh, ADP report came out. It showed a uh, increase in wages across the board, 7.7% year over year. And in the, in the hospitality and leisure industry, where people are, I guess, struggling to get people back, uh, they're showing 11.2% uh, rise year over year in that industry. Uh, so that's where they are. Uh, Dow futures down 28 over in Europe. Again, we're all kind of close to the vest here. These guys were almost all flat. Now they're down a little bit. DAX down 19.1%. FTSE down 12.2%. CAC around down 8.1%. So very, very muted to the downside. Uh, bonds 10-year down up one to 4.04. The bond uh, up well, 10-year 10-year 4.04. When these guys are going to go to 4% on the on the on the federal funds rate, that's that's a really flat yield curve. We'll talk to uh, get uh, Russell's opinion on that in a second. Bond up two basis points, 2.15. Remember when that was like minus 0.67? Wow. Mm. Uh, Japan unchanged at 0.25 as they continue to. I mean, I liquidate everything to keep that number right there. I'm not so sure why they're doing that. Who's their Who's their counselor? Nikkei down 15. Call that flat. Shanghai up 34, 1.1%. Hang Seng up 371, 2.4. As Shanghai and especially Hang Seng continue this huge rally the last couple of days, but still they're below 16,000. So uh, they're down so low it's starting to look like up, as they used to say on the trading floor. Uh, yesterday down that was down 79. S&P down 16. Nasdaq down 97. So it's small to the downside. Oil. Is up seven cents. Brent's up sixteen cents, ninety-four eighty-one. Natural gas up thirty-nine cents, back over six bucks, six ten. Is that the market remains amazingly viable? It's also like really big contracts. So if you're if you're playing in there, you got to be a guy like Russell playing a natural gas with like a twenty lot in there. Our Bob uh, unchanged at two point six zero. That's what I'm talking about. So your 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 uh, wholesale number at New, in uh, New Jersey Harbor. Uh, on, Whatever you want to call it, New York Harbor, mm-hmm. uh, is 260. That's what our Bob is. And for us to be in a city, 560 is really, really high. Or California, six bucks or whatever they are. The spread is just dramatic. Gold up 1050. Gold up again today, 1660. Silver up 17 cents, 1984. Uh, copper unchanged at 348. Uh, we've got Bitcoin down 41 bucks, but very muted, 20,410. And we've got the U.S. dollar, which is actually. Uh, down a little bit as the euro is up to 0.989, so we'll call it 0.99. Uh, pound is up a little bit to uh, 1.15, but a very little bit there. 
Uh, Matt, what do you got for us, uh, Trevi Weather Sports? Hey, good morning. Currently 737 on Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022. Traffic in Chicago is an accident involving four vehicles on the Kennedy blocking the center lane southbound before West Wilson Avenue. Uh, accident was reported at 7.16 a.m. Congestion is solid. Expect delays up to 20 minutes. Weather downtown Chicago, we are currently at 47 degrees. Today, expect a high of 72 and a low of 47. Sunrise at 723 this morning. Clear skies throughout the day. In Phoenix, clear skies, high of 80, a low of 56, currently temperatures at 60 degrees. MLB World Series 2022, Astros vs. Phillies, uh, Game 3 on Monday, the 31st, was canceled due to inclement weather. Makeup game was last night, Phillies won 7-0. Tonight, Game 4 starts at 7.03 p.m. on Fox, Philadelphia leads 2-1. Yesterday in the NHL, Blackhawks lose to New York Islanders 3-1, Coyotes win 3-1 against Florida Panthers. Tonight, Philadelphia Flyers at Toronto Maple Leafs catch that at 6 p.m. And Pittsburgh Penguins at Buffalo Sabres, 6.30 p.m. So for now, Chief, back to you. Russell, I don't know how much you are into, into the, the incredible, I don't know what you want to call it, circus that has become the N- NBA. This, this guy, uh, Kyrie Irving, has nothing but caused trouble like the whole, the whole way with the COVID and everything else. So now he, he, he tweeted something out about a <clears throat> something anti-Semitic movie that he wanted everybody to watch or something so so now they, they fire the coach for failing to control Kyrie Irving how the hell do you control some guy? isn't that great yeah, I, 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 I love him that, especially when that happens at the college age uh, but did, did you see uh, at one of Kyrie's games uh, like courtside there were eight guys uh, wearing their yarmulkes and wearing some, some t-shirt about uh, anti-Semitism yeah I don't I thought that was a great move. This NBA and the guys uh, didn't seem to be heckling him; they were just there. Uh, it seems like the inmates yeah. are running the asylum to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Mm-hmm. But they there's so much money, yeah. evidently, in basketball. A lot of it coming out of China and everything. That I mean, oh yeah. I mean, you have oh, to yeah. pay. Yeah. I think they're. What does their contract call for the players? They get like forty-five, forty-eight percent. So you like have to pay people ten million a year. You have to, according. I mean, you have to give them their. They, they've got to get their part. Yeah. Well, but it's, but it's not. Like, I, got, I got no problem with that at all because they yeah. are the product. Um, but I, I it's in. You know, I go out of my way not to say negative things about China because I do business with China periodically. And and in my case, it's like a drop in the bucket. But still, I just don't. I don't want to go through all that that hassle. And I wouldn't want to be, you know, blacklisted for one reason or another. Uh, but I can only—I mean, I, I, part of me just wants to rip on all the NBA guys, but and Nike as well because of you know some of the labor practices over there, basically using slave labor. But then I feel like an absolute hypocrite because I don't step up and rip on and say what I really think about them. Well, the guy in the. Uh the yeah. is actually one of my favorite players. Uh, the guy Caruso is sponsoring a, 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 a Chinese basketball shoe product that isn't even sold here; it's just sold in China. And they and there and there are people. Like, I read something about their guys use people from that. What's the province where they use the the Uyghurs or where those guys are? The, the Uyghurs. Uyghurs um, yeah. Oh gosh, Hunan is where the Hunan thing came from, but. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do. Well, it's somewhere in the interior, you know. Isn't that terrible? I can't even. Well, I know. It's a. Yeah. You know. Anyway, it's it's a, it's a bad situation, and I don't know. It's it's, 
Yeah. But it's 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 sort of not new. I mean, uh, the the thing that I guess saved us the first saved us. Uh, that's a weird mm-hmm. way of looking at it. From the first time is that if Hitler would have hung in there another three or four years before he started a war, I don't think he ever could have hung in there to war. Uh, he he didn't because he was such a madman. But uh, I think a lot of people would have loved doing business with the guy, even though they were. They actually were pretty broke, and that's why they—that's why they jumped early, is because they needed to go steal stuff from other people to keep that, 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 that was going to be their growth industry. Yeah, that was a growth industry was conquering people, which, by the way, they're not the first to have thought of that. <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the yeah. Dutch and the English and everybody else ran over to the New World and stole gold from other people. That's uh, that's how they, you know. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's a. Uh, what did Mike Rico? Uh, was always a, a uh, to me, um, you know, such a. Uh, he was a North Sider, but. Uh, such a Chicago mind where he goes. Oh yeah. Well, he, he talked about wars. You know what? How he, you know what he? How he defined war? Mm. Either one of you guys? No, no. They got it. We want it. Let's take it. Well, that's pretty much. Uh, that, that's kind of the attitude of of everybody. Yeah, he goes. If you, you can cloud it. <laughs> I guess we're. Yeah. I guess we're all at war now. He goes. Well, if you if you uh, if you cloud you can cloud it behind religion and politics, whatever. But that's that's really the nuts and bolts. <laughs> They got it. We want it. Let's get it. Sounds like war. Sounds like war. <laughs> and uh, you know, anyway, but the uh, I, I I wonder, you know, the, the changes, Russell. I'm starting to see some of these, and I really hope I'm I'm wrong. And I, I hope maybe from the show, you <coughs> think some of the stuff I bring up is interesting enough where you put some of your peeps on it. I are we at the point where where eighty percent of America is never going to be able to afford a new car? It sure seems like that, doesn't it? But yeah. I, 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 when we have situations like that where things are, are overpriced, uh, eventually you got to find a way to make them affordable for people. So, uh, yeah, you got to assume that if everything is sitting on a lot and not moving is an eighty, ninety thousand, hundred, hundred thousand dollar car, that the car companies are going to spend more time producing something that's cheaper. Uh, and, and you you cite the, the average price of forty eight thousand, but you can get a new car for probably around twenty five if you you know after all in. Does it yeah. come with? Does there, it come with tires? And you, talk, and you talk about the pickups. There's a there's a billboard I see on the way down to Indiana every week where one of the Ford dealers, you know, the base price of an of of a low end F one fifty is is just under twenty thousand dollars. And I severely doubt if you go there, that's what you're going to end up paying for it. But I, I'm going to, if they started making, well, with, with the the alleged chip shortage, when I went through dealers, the every every pickup I saw in the lot had to be a hundred grand or or eighty five was the ones with the, you know, the crew cabs. With the, the, I mean, you name it. Well, those are the ones on the lot. The yeah. other ones, they're they're flipping real quick. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I, yeah. I guess the what what happens. I mean, in in our, in our business, I mean, we were, I say our business, you're in my old business, uh, would be yeah. you know, trading and those kinds of things. The barriers to entry for somebody to become a market maker next to you were very light. So nobody, if somebody thought they were monopolizing the place, all of a sudden there was a new guy standing right next to him or a lady. And we've, we've got to the point where, could you even imagine starting up a car company? I mean, these guys are trying to do it with these electric pickup trucks and stuff, but, gosh, no. you know. I don't. I don't see how. I mean, could, could when what would it take now? With the, the exchanges are so happy. They have three or four people doing all the, 
order order flow providing, whatever the hell they want to call it, liquidity providing. They don't they don't want a fifth or a sixth. I mean, what would it take for somebody to break into that and say, "I'll make these markets narrower. I want to compete." They wouldn't give them it's the feed. It's impossible. They wouldn't give them the feed. Now, it's not up. It's no, not. It's, a, it's totally. It's totally impossible. But where, where I, did, I just I just did an outreach study for one of the big Asian exchanges on this, and uh, the, the, trying to figure out how to increase liquidity in certain products. And you know, one of the one of the spitball things that was thrown around the table was, well, you know, why don't we incentivize you know some new firms to become involved in this? And there's not enough incentives out there. Well, uh, the the when did it, when did it become the exchange's job, which is essentially a monopoly given to them by the government, right? When did it become the exchange's job to restrict access? Um. It's not necessarily that you mean as far as giving a competitive advantage to the market making firms? Yeah. Um, I, I, it's never really been their, their, their job to, you know, pick who the winners and losers are. Is that what you mean by that? But, they, but they are. I mean, it, they, they, they've done it incredibly over the last 15 years. In terms mm-hmm. of in terms of who gets the fastest feeds, uh, preferential treatment and, and feed speed, those kinds of things, you you put somebody out of mm-hmm. business right away if somebody else gets a faster feed. You know how nefarious it is. Yeah, it's not like um, it's not like we could go on a trading floor and stand there, even if we, you know, or, or you know, with our lips. Our, if you give if you give uh, somebody off the floor a faster feed from the stock than us, we can't compete. And then that's what they're right. doing. They're they're selling those feeds to people. They're selling preference is what they're doing. Well, they're so, I mean, they're not necessarily selling preference because everybody can put their servers kind of close to the, the exchange's server. Um, but what really, the, the thing that has caused market makers to, to shrink to basically three big ones is regulatory came in and said the really large investment banks can't be involved in, in being liquidity providers anymore. Or said they couldn't trade proprietarily. So, you know, when when I was when I was at SIBO before 2010, you know, there was Citigroup in the pit, there was uh, Goldman Sachs in the pit, Morgan Stanley's in the pit. They in the pit was liquidity buyers anymore. Well, I had some of the people. So like, some well, of the this is what it, this, I, I don't blame the exchanges on this one. I blame the regulatory bodies on this one, and, uh, and just say that it's it was. Um, Undesirable impact, undesirable impact of changing proprietary trading rules for the market making. Well, I knew a couple of guys who were making markets off the floor, and they would pick yeah. they would pick three, four stocks, and they were doing it. You know, they had some system, but mostly manual, and they would just they would put twenty lots up in like five spots, mm-hmm. and they were actually after six months a year, they weren't knocking them dead, but they were they were making some dough, a little mm-hmm. bit, and uh. All of a sudden, one day, the guy calls up and says, let's go over to Ceres. Like, I need to get drunk. I go, why? He goes, well, I'm out of business. I said, how, how are you out of business? He goes, because um, last week, I was putting up 20-lot markets, and I was trading 65 70% with the public. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. today, I put the same machine up, turned it on, and all of a sudden, I'm offered here. Somebody takes my offer and all of a sudden it's bid higher when the stack is already up or the stack is already down. 
And all of a sudden, I went from 60 to 65% trading with the public. I didn't make a public trade in two days. No. Whatever changed with the feed, and all of a sudden, somebody got a preferential feed off me, and they thought they were going, they were coming right from the SIBO, wherever the hell they were coming from. And all of a sudden, they uh-huh. just said, oh, no, somebody else is going to get it faster. I mean, the, 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 the sinister stuff that has been done to, to, to make sure there's only a few people is scary. I mean, they're going to feed faster than the guys on the trading floor. How can that be? Well, my back when the I don't think they get. I don't think they get a feed faster than Absolutely. people. Absolutely. You mean getting a feed for the prices from other exchanges? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess that's. I mean, that, I mean, there is a. You know, it, there is very much of a speed game, and that's why it's prohibited. Right there is what, what we're kind of saying the same thing. Um, there's it's prohibitively expensive for a new firm to try and become a competitive market maker. Because it's a computing power and speed game now, and there are a handful of competitors who continue have to who, who continue to have to speed uh, to invest to keep up with uh, their competitors. But being brand new is impossible. Well, but you can't. If the only way you're going to beat the speed game is what's now the next iteration. Say if we don't do this, but say if PTI put in an order for, you know, you you put in a normal order for you and you want to buy 10,000 IBM. It's a small order for Russell. If you want to buy 10,000, mm-hmm. if you want to buy 10,000 IBM and we sell that to somebody, that somebody is also going to be trading the options against it. Yeah. So their computer is going to know that we have to go someplace with this market 10,000 order and we're going to probably shove IBM because they probably have an idea where the IBM markets are. We're going to have to shove IBM eight cents to do it, ten cents, whatever the hell the liquidity has to be. Well they're mm-hmm. already going to be taking somebody else's IBM call option offer before the other one hits the tape. And yeah. that, that to me, for lack of a better term, you know, sucks. It does suck. It it sucks for people but for people working on the uh, you know, the the liquidity providers, but you can make an argument that it can it is uh, a positive for the investing public why how could you possibly make that argument because just in and i'm not necessarily talking about institutions but just being that because you've got a lot of entities that are, have found ways to slice and dice the liquidity pool and it, it doesn't does result in some price improvement for regular folks off the floor um I'm going to say, and, the, and it's a lot cheaper for individuals, and this includes the spread. Um, it's a lot cheaper for individuals to trade options today than it was even five or ten years. I'm, ago. I'm going to say that. 20. I'm going to say yeah. that that's categorically. We could argue about this forever. Categorically untrue, because you absolutely ev- eviscerated the person who puts a standing order in, and it's and it's impossible to quantify what those orders would have been had it been a customer preferencing order book like it used to be. You cannot, you know, you can, you can say I did better on the offer, but you can't say what the offer would have been had the system been straight. You can put trending orders in. Yeah, but who would do that? I do. Well, I'm, I'm saying, <laughs> but, but the question. I, no, I, I, I put a position on yesterday, and I've got like three good to cancel orders just kind of hovering out there. 
uh, based on what might happen with the underlying. But that, but that's a, we do that all day for our clients with spreads and everything. Yeah. Every single every single trade we fight. The difference between us, not to mention that I, you know I know something about doing covered rights and protected puts and stuff after doing it all these yeah. years, but we also work really hard on the execution, which I think sets us apart. We we don't just you know. Uh, what do they used to call it? Fill them and bill them, like they used to say in the trading floor. Yeah. So every single one we're doing it. But if you watch, you know, my, my, you know, you know Larry, well, he's my assistant. He does all this stuff. And he's, mm-hmm. you know, he constantly is fighting for the last penny for people. Every single time we make a trade, every single time, even though instead of giving up 10 cents, you know, we're giving up two, every time we make a trade, it goes against us for the first minute. Every single time. There's, I mean, it's it's not automatically different. Yeah. Just to just to let everybody know what I'm talking about. Back in the day, if you wanted to put an order in, say IBM, uh, whatever, where the hell is IBM? It's at uh, 138. Say, if you wanted to sell the 140 calls at two bucks, you could put them in the customer order book, and everybody could see the book when it got there. But mm-hmm. you had priority. That before anybody else in the crowd, any market maker or any order flow provider or whatever the hell they call these people, before any of those people got the order at two, you had to get traded with first. That that has gone away the dodo bird, right? So there's no not not when I was still there. Well, you got all these different exchanges. They're, they're, they have the uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, something can trade at a different exchange. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so you you know you can be bidding something and you can see that trade somewhere else and yeah the fragmentation in the exchanges I see that's more of a and and that goes back to regulatory once again um, the fragmentation when we say the fragmentation of exchanges I bet you a lot of people don't realize I and I don't know the exact number anymore but the last I remember there were seventeen option exchanges well do you ever get filled on a on a stock order at a whole number at a, at a whole penny. Uh, I you mean like a, a zero or a five? Yeah, or, or a one or a two. Oh yeah, no, I got I I I got filled. And, you know, yeah, I did. Uh, I did. I did a bunch of option trades. No, no, talking about stack trades. Uh, and they all uh, and and I you know I split the difference a little bit and got filled on all of them. No, no I'm talking about stack trades. The offer price. I'm talking about stack trades. Yeah, or I, I was talking about stock option trades. No stock stock trade. If IBM's offered it at one eighty even, you're going to get uh-huh. filled. You're going to get filled to one seventy nine 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 nine. Yeah, or something like that, where somebody just somebody gets right in front. somebody gets to trade yeah. within between the minimum bid and offer, and that would that would be unconscionable twenty years ago that anybody could do that. And yeah, but but then that's like a slight improvement for me as a public person. Yeah, but it's oh come on. You'd, Why? You I know, mean, it's really tiny. I know, but I mean, it's really tiny. But it, but it, the the point being is is I, if I'm offered it even, and it's trading seventy nine 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 nine, the minute I get I get filled at even, it's already through that. Mm-hmm. Because they're leaning all over me, and I and I never get the trade, which is which is I never get the fair trade. I only get the trade when it moves. That's my point. I don't want to. I know I'm beating this horse up, so. So wh- no, no, I'm, I'm just trying to. I'm just kind of visualizing that one. I mean, why you, I mean only you're not going to you're not going to get filled if it's going to go if it's going the other direction. Right. You're only getting filled if it's going against you. Right. And, um, so yeah. all right. So if if you're Paul on the podium today, we're we're talking the uh, uh, press <laughs> conference. What what what's he going to say? 
Uh, if I were Powell, I would say I want, I'd get up and go, before we get started, I just want everybody to know I'd like to spend more time with my grandchildren. So this is it. Well, and you know what's... The market, and, and the S&P would be up 7%. And then um, we'd have to figure out who's going to replace them. My, uh, you know, one of my... But, no, if I was going to get up, I'd, I'd be very close to the vest today. Do you know? Do you? Because we are, we we are at an inflection point. People are paying more attention to what he's going to say than what they do. Yeah. And now is not the time to do. I, I, with with an election next week, I would be as Switzerland as possible. Yep. Well, one of my uh, as possible today. I, I I wouldn't. I I don't expect. I'm, I'm, you know any any big change in the language, and in fact. You know, I was talking about the numbers that, that I monitor, you know, the, the, the thing CME puts out that tells you the odds. Uh, for the longest time, uh, they, they didn't have a hike at the, at the November meeting because it's so close to the election. Yeah. And then had, uh, had the hike resume in December. And now they just moved it forward. Yeah, I, I remember and that, too. Hey, I got, yeah, a, I, got so a, it, I got a compatriot works with me, but he has... Shall we say a different skill set? He's from New York, right? <laughs> uh, great, great kid, but he's from New York. Uh, somehow or another, he digs. He can find which you know. I'm sure it's there. I just have never done it. He he can find the the length of these meetings the Fed has. He claims like the last. Oh, uh, when they, when they convened and when yeah. they ended. He's 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 telling me that the last bunch of meetings, everybody uh-huh. thinks that they're there all day long slugging over all these papers. He goes, the last meeting was a half hour. Wasn't even time to finish your tuna fish sandwich. Is that, could that possibly be true? I, I guess it could be if they've all kind of, you know, I was on a, and I know we're running out of time, I was on a governmental uh, board. I was on a school board for a while. And I can tell you that um, that I knew how I was going to vote on every item, regardless of what people said at the table or what you know the public comment was, before the meeting even started. You know, people and, still like to talk. We would have meetings that would go hours, and people would, you know, the public would, would have a complete fit over some of, sometimes what I thought were silly things, and I'd still vote the way I was going to vote. I, I just assumed, I mean, me being the dummy I am, but, I just assumed but, that... But I, so where I'm going is I bet you that they show up, and they kind of already know what they're going to do. But I, I still have to so, believe that, that there's all kinds of staff people that love giving presentations about this district and that district, and they... Yeah. They're probably all yawning about it, but I can't believe they don't get five different reports from various parts of the country at these meetings. Unless they all get them, in, they could all get them in advance. You're right; they just assume everybody reads them. But usually, you know, people love to have FaceTime in front of these committees. They, mm. I can't believe they just walk in there, have their sandwich, and vote and leave. <laughs> well, you know, the thing the thing is, you say they love to FaceTime in front of these committees. Uh, it's not public. It's not like a Senate hearing where you're getting your TV time, which is, can be a, considered a free. Um, you know, a free campaign ad or whatever. But people used to love, staff used to love coming in front of the CBO board and giving a presentation for an hour. Everybody knew who you were and did a nice job. He's patting you on the back. I mean, mm. that's how you get ahead, right? Some recognition, yeah. 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 I, I don't know how. I don't know. Um, I, 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 I'm, I don't know how they're getting through that so quick. I'm not believing the... I'm not, minutes and find out. I'm not believing the half-hour part. I just... I, <laughs> There can't be... There can't be any government thing in the world that's that short-winded. <laughs> whatever, but... If he, maybe he'll it doesn't work that way. Oh, God. Uh, Russell, take care of yourself. Enjoy yourself here. Gotcha. Why aren't you down here with coffee for us since you're in town? Yeah. I'm not bringing you coffee next week either. I'll be calling in from Miami. 
Uh, Miami. Uh, the, uh, I know. You know, that's the, what's that? New York in the South. Yeah, the, the, the New York wine. I want to go to Miami. You know, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, SP Futures down six. Here's if he's on five. Russell, thank you. Uh, we'll talk next week about what they did. We'll be back tomorrow. Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Yes, we are in very, very deep shit.